Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Jeffrey calling from El Paso, Texas. Can I get your thoughts on Airleaf, ticker Alpha Lima? And provides unbiased answers. They lease the, the aircraft to airlines, but they had to buy them. They have a huge debt. Invest Talk, over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, September 8, 2021. And Labor Day is in our rearview mirror. What's our next holiday? Oh, my favorite holiday of the year. Not Halloween. I don't think that's a holiday. I don't think so. Thanksgiving. My favorite holiday. Anyways, can't look for it. Can't wait to have it come around. I really love it. Have all kinds of family comes. And I like the four day weekend. I still like it, even though it doesn't mean much to me to have those days off or anything. It's just that I like, I like the concept of it because it used to mean a lot. Anyways, on today's program and podcast, I always start out with the same thing, our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, I say this because I want to make sure you understand. I'm going to give you the facts. The facts is I have them in the databases that I use. Now, some of this data could be wrong, but some of them are estimates, like the earnings per share next year. That's an estimate. I don't know for sure, but our, our earnings per share next year is made up of a number of different factors, so it should be as accurate as we can provide. So that's what we do. And I always make sure this is an educational program that you learn something, hopefully, not just what the buyer sell or individual stock, but something in, in, over and above that, something that you could use and apply to other things. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your financial investment questions. You can do it. It's all free. It's a free phone call. And you get to shape the show. You get to take the direction of the show you want to. Up to you. As long as it's financial. So, uh, right now, during our live streaming, we're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5. You can call and ask a question and get on air. And I would appreciate that if you did. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. If you can't call live, you can always leave the question, and we will get to it in the next day or two, I promise. So let's go to our phone. So let's talk to James in New York. Hi, James. I'm well. How are you tonight? Good. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Um, I'd like to add to my position uh, Procter Gamble. Um, I don't know if this is a good place. Or if it's a little overbought, should I wait for a pullback? And if so, what level would be good to add to that position? Okay. PG is a symbol, everybody. Procter & Gamble, one of these big blue-chip stocks that will consistently pay their dividends, grows fairly consistently in a slow single digits. A $351 billion company. It's huge, right? So they're going to make $6.37 next year. It's a $144 stock. So, you know, that, that tells you it's not cheap. It's a t- uh, above 20 P.E. 
their range is 17 to 26. So it's not out of line. It's not like, boy, this is way overvalued. It's not. It's not. It's just a little bit on the expensive side. It's done very well, as you know, if you're owner of it. Return on equity is 32%, which is very good. They are very efficient in using their money. They don't have a lot of debt, strong cash flow. The debt, the dividend is 2.4. So the question is, is do you buy it here after it's made a pretty decent run? It's hitting resistance around 146. Have you seen that? Well, about 146, it has trouble getting above it. I would wait until it broke above that, then I'd buy it if you needed to add it, and that's called a breakout. Or I'd wait for a pullback to the one, the high 130s. You know, ideally, ideal is about 130, 131. But I don't know if you're going to get that. If we get a market pullback, you might get it down there. If we get a market pullback, let this pullback with it, because it will do that. James, good luck with it. Oh, that's Parker Gamble, everybody. Let's go to Rahul in Canada. Rahul, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I was wondering about uh, QURE. This is a gene therapy company. Uh, that's uh, um, mainly a uh, gene therapy company. And uh, unlike many of the other biotechnology players, it has turned uh, cash flow positive the last quarter. Yes, uh, it's it's actually yeah. going to make money this year. Five dollars and eighty-six cents a share, and okay, uh, everybody, it's Q U R E Uniker Unique Uniker NV. I'm not sure how to say that. Develops gene therapy products for patients with gene, genetic or acquired diseases. It never has never made money until this year. It's going to make a lot of money, but next year it's going to lose money again. Dollar fifty-three next year. So something? Do they sell something, a piece of themselves off, and that's how they made that money? Something, you know, something tells me they did something for this year to make a lot of money, and I don't know what it is because I don't have time to read it. Uh, but sales have skyrocketed. Okay, in recent in recent uh, quarters, skyrocketed. I mean, I, I'm telling, they did in June quarter. They did $463 million, and the most they ever did before was $34 million, two quarters ago, before that. So how come? What happened? See, something happened. I just, I, do you know what you know what happened there, Rahul? Do you know what, why they happened? I think, they've, uh, I think their technology is gaining traction. That's what I could uh, get from reading some, uh, some of those okay. articles. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a risky stock, $1.5 billion. It's a risky stock because it's not been consistent with its earnings and sales, uh, even though sales are really perked up recently. So uh, just know that you're taking a big risk because, you know, the earnings, they're, they're going to lose money next year after making big money this year. But sales, if they can maintain their sales growth, and uh, you know, it should do very, very well. At a $34 stock. So it's that sales. Is that going to continue? And it's it's a very risky thing. Just put it that way. But you can you could hit a home run with this or you can strike out. One or the other. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Uh, my focus point today concerns the story behind this question. How do you optimize a portfolio for the real world? 
Optimize is the key word there. We're talking about psychology when we talk about this. You know how I always talk about fear and greed, and I haven't brought it up in a few weeks. Two, two emotions control the market, fear and greed. Well, this article talks about you know, optimizing your returns, not just in stocks, but in everything. And you have to take in consideration not only fear and greed, but the, the, the feelings of comfort or stress. And so we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Okay. The market, let's see. Oh, I want to also talk about a couple other things. Um, Morgan Stanley predicts a 10 to 15% correction before year end. That is their, we'll talk about that. Um, creating streams of income. How people are doing it. And people under 40, you'll be surprised at what they're doing. I think you'll be surprised on how many are getting different streams of income. And then I want to talk about Amazon testing in two stores. It's cashierless. No, no, no one to, you don't have to check out. You just walk out. Okay? When you want to check out. So we'll talk about that, that technology and whether it'll take off or not. So those are things I'd like to get to if we can before the end of the show. My trivia question. Various savings plans. Do you know the difference between a 401k and a 401a? 401k, you might know what that is, but do you know what 401a is? And what the differences are. Just read up on that today. It's kind of interesting, so I'm going to share it with you. The market was down, second day in a row. The Dow was down 69, the Nasdaq down 88, and the S&P down 6. But it was a lot worse than that during the day. That was an improvement in the last hour or so of the market. Even though it was a down day, that was an improvement. What's driving the market these days, guys? You know? I don't know if there's anything driving it. If there's nothing to drive the market up, I, my experience tells me that it will fall. And now, don't get worried. I'm not saying it's going to collapse, but if there's no catalyst, no drive, you know, earnings are growing, the economy is expanding, somebody's spending a lot of money, government's spending. If there is no drive, market just sort of starts to settle down and the sellers start to uh, overcome, overcome the buyers because there's just no excitement about the market. So if there's no excitement, market generally falls. Are we gonna are we gonna see that in September? Let's see. We'll I'll talk to you in October 1st and we'll discuss it. <laughs> okay. We're heading into a short break. Justin from Louisiana. Hang on, you're next. This is Invest Talk. 888-99 chart. Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com. 888 chart. Let's talk to Justin in Louisiana. Hi, Justin. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for the call. Good. Uh, did, yeah, you, uh, did you uh, did you did you avoid all that flooding? 
Luckily, yeah, it actually it went a little bit more east, which was great for us. I'm in Lafayette, so oh, uh, two good. hours uh, east of uh, New Orleans. Good. So it missed us, which is great. They've got yeah. everyone else. <laughs> I know. It was bad, you know, from what the news we see. is It was bad. Anyway, I'm glad you're yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely New Orleans, not, yeah. not where I am, which okay. thankfully, so we're happy. Okay, good. Okay, you want to buy yeah. natural groceries? Yeah, natural grocers. It's uh, it's kind of like a Whole Foods, just smaller. Yeah. Yes, it kind of reminds me. Do you have Sprouts in Louisiana? There's a chain out here no, called and Sprouts. No, and that was the other kind of stock, and I think y'all talked about it before and, and said something decent about it. But no, natural. we don't have Sprouts here. Uh, huh, wouldn't okay. mind it, but uh, just not yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go to that store almost every week. That's my go-to store for some reason. Uh, not that I'm all into organic. I just like that they're all, it's always fresh and Right, and it's well, not some. I'm hoping to see. I guess what your your opinion is on this uh, natural okay. grocers over sprouts. I guess. Okay, operates 159 natural and organic supermarkets in 20 states, featuring groceries and dietary supplements. It's a small company, 261 million dollars in market cap. So it's not a big company. Uh, what's nice about it is they make money, and they've made money per consistently over the years. Now, they made eight, 89 cents last year, the COVID year, and that's always going to be a weird year, right? We all, it's just going to be. This year, they're going to make 66 cents. Next year, 75 cents. So they're back on a, a, a normal path of growth, okay? So 75 cents with $11 stock tells you that this stock is not that expensive, about 15 PE or so. Return equity is low at 12%, which is not unusual for grocery stores. Their profit margins are a little thin. They always have been and probably always will. Um, they pay a 2.4% dividend, which looks pretty uh, secure because cash flow is $2.27. And so, you know, a 2% dividend on $11 stock is $0.20 cents and they're making $0.75. So. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned, though, the last two quarters, sales growth fell. Before that, they rose, but I also think that might be uh, because everybody's returning back to more normal-ish in their habits. So I think that, I don't think that, I don't think that's like abnormal. I think they'll be back to growing slowly. So I think it's a good price. I think it's a value stock. And uh, I got a minute, I got to um, I'm thinking this is a good place to buy it, this price, $11.55. looks like it's called basing for the last couple of months. It's basing, okay, meaning going sideways. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So naturally, you will have financial investment questions. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. 99 chart. I would love for you to give me a call. Like Ryan did, he's in Redding, California. Hi, Ryan. 
Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah, so my question, uh, I have a couple stocks, but they only told me to give you one. Um, <laughs> um, the first one is Verizon Wireless. Okay. Um, I like it because it looks like it has a low PE, and they raise their dividend, and it seems to be at around a 200-week moving average, but I wanted an expert's opinion, of course. Yeah, I like it, too. Uh, VZ is a symbol, uh, provides local exchange network access, data, wireless information services in the United States and over 150 other countries. Why do I like it? Because the dividend, 4.7%. It's always going to be able to pay that dividend. It's hard to believe that Verizon will ever not be able to do it. They have a very good cash flow of $9 a share. They're not expensive. Uh, their PE is right around, you know, $5.36 and the, st- P- the stock is $40, $54. So what, 10 and a half PE and the low five year, the five year range is 10 to 15 and it's at its low. So the, I, I see no reason why you shouldn't have this in your portfolio. Now, let's talk about its growth prospects. Like AT&T, Verizon, they, they don't really have very high growth prospects. Can they grow? Yes. But, they, you know, it's going to be, uh, on average, in the low single digits because of who they are and what they do. So as long as you're happy with buying it at a fairly low price, getting some capital appreciation, maybe it'll go up to $60, $65, but you also get 4.7% a year. I think, I think if you're content with that, it's a great stock to have in your portfolio. It's very steady. Right, that's what I think about it. Yeah, so I like Verizon. Go buy it. Okay, 888.99 chart. My focus point today, let's get rid of this. Remember, we talk about fear and greed all the time. Well, not all the time, but I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked about it. But how do you optimize a portfolio in the real world? Now, really what this article is talking about is not just fear and greed, which is the two emotions that move stocks. They're talking about life comfort, being comfortable in your, your, in your choices. In other words, if you're going to optimize your money, you don't have to necessarily take lots of risk and put it in the stock market. You can could, you could pay off that mortgage at 2 to 3%. And what would that give you? Well, you might be able to do better in the market, but it will give you a, a lot more comfort less worry about even having to pay a mortgage. And you know I've said this a bazillion times, you should not have a mortgage in retirement. Now, that means you you, you work to pay off the mortgage. That doesn't mean you put all your money in the mortgage, because I do think you need to have a variety of assets. Okay, but think about comfort. Think about lifestyle. Uh, think about, you know, okay, let me give it, maybe I can be a better example of using the stock market. Would it be better for you to have Verizon type stocks that are very steady, pays a dividend, they don't go down very much, they don't go up very much, very, very comfortable in their range. Would you be better for you if you want, if you have a portfolio full of those, or do you want the FANG stocks, the high flyers, the ones that grow real fast, the one that has uh, the future involved with them. And knowing that it's going to go up and down and 
You'll lose money, you'll make money, but eventually you'll make money. It's a lifestyle. What would you prefer? Okay, and many people say, well, maybe I should have a mixture. Well, okay, I can understand that too. But the, the, the point is that you should decide that, not just let it happen. You decide that, and you work toward that goal of comfort, no matter what level of comfort it is for you. We call it risk tolerance here on Invest Talk, and when we talk to clients, how much risk tolerance do you have? Because we have portfolios go from very, very low risk to pretty darn high risk. Which one, and it's a scale in there. Which one fits you the best? Which one are you comfortable in? So that's what this article is about, and you, it's interesting how they portray it, but that's what it's about. Okay. Okay. As you know, this is Wednesday. I'm starting to work on the Friday's newsletter. You know, our premium newsletter comes out every Friday. Uh, actually, I think we're changing it. It's going to come out Saturday morning. But I finish it up Friday because I want all the stats in there from the stats coming in on Friday. And sometimes I can't get them in there because i got to get that newsletter done. So uh, the KPP premium newsletter, if you're interested in it, go to investtalk.com and you can subscribe to it. And we usually give you a little... Uh, little heads up of what's in it, and we probably will continue to do that. But, so, if you would, take a look. If you want a sample, I'll send it to you. All you do is ask me. For many people, if they work things right, saving for retirement can be made easier with a 401k plan. But, of course, there are variations of such savings mechanisms. And as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you describe the difference between a 401k plan and a 401a plan? At the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I would love you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity 
or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 8899 chart. I'm Steve Peasley. I appreciate you giving me a call and ask your financial questions. We'll talk about it. Before the break, I had a trivia question. What's the difference between a 401k plan and a 401a plan? Okay. Now, there's two kinds of, we'll start with 401ks. Two kinds of 401k plans or 401a plans, a Roth or regular. Roth is fairly new. I mean, in the years, it's been around only a few years. 401k has been around a long time. A 401k plan is a private company-sponsored plan. In a 401k plan, employees can put money in the plan and invest in the choices that are available in the plan, usually mutual funds. The employer can or cannot match if he wants to. They don't have to. Okay? So uh, the differences in a Roth, just like a Roth IRA, is and a regular IRA and a regular 401k is a tax treatment. And I won't go through that because we've talked about it many times, but it's tax treatment. Okay? Now, 401a plan is a similar type of plan as a 401k, except it is offered only through government agencies, educational institutions, and nonprofit organizations. So the 401k is private industry, for-profit private industry, and this is not. Or you can't do that with a 401k. Usually, a 401a plan uh, is is uh, contributed to the employer and the employee. Usually, um, usually the employer has a larger share of control over the plan. They would offer more specific. Uh, options, but not a lot of them. They may tell you this is what we're going to do and this is it in a 401A a plan. Now, there are other differences, by the way, but they're kind of minor and nothing major. Uh, but just, and, and, uh, both plans are good for retirement. 
401A plans are usually more conservative. More conservative. 401K plans let you be more aggressive, generally. Can't just say that absolutely. That is not true. Anyway, so those are the major differences in those plans. Okay, let's pivot to an InvestTalk voice paint question. This came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Noah in Orlando. I had a question on your guys' opinion of the shipping and logistics sector. Uh, I've been watching a couple stocks on there, specifically DAC, MATX, and GSL. And I know you guys had mentioned on a previous show that the supply chain is going to be continually disrupted or won't be returning to quote unquote normal anytime soon. Just wanted to get your takes on how this sector appeals to everyone and what your thoughts are on those those stocks I mentioned. Thanks. Love the show. Okay. Obviously, I cannot go and talk about three different stocks, but I'll take the first one on the list, DAC, and we'll talk about that. And I can tell you in general, these stocks have recovered very well, okay? Uh, so well, like for instance, let's take Danios Corporation, DAC, provides international seaborne transportation service to some of the world's largest liner companies. This stock was down at $3 a share down the depth of COVID, right? Today, it's $86 a share. The other two are similar, but they're very low price, and now they're huge. You're late. You're too late, in my personal opinion, on many of these stocks. Okay, so just take that in consideration. Now, looking at this stock, it had a great move. The value is still there. Why am I saying that? Well, because it's going to make $19.55 next year after making $13.61 this year. It's an $86 stock. So it could still continue to rally because it's very low priced. Still, return on equity is 18%. Cash flow is very strong, pays a 2.3% dividend. So here is an $86 stock going to make $19.55. If you, let's call it 20. That means it's a 4 PE. I mean, that's cheap. And sales are done very well. Now, also, these types of stocks are very cyclical. Very cyclical. Economies growing and expanding. World economies growing and expanding. They'll do very well. So you still could have a run. If you already have it, just keep it. If you want to buy it, buy some now because it's already broken out. It's been running a while. But just know that you're riding a wild horse. It's gone up quite a bit already. When people take time to leave an Investor podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them with a courtesy by getting to their questions quickly, as quickly as we can. Daniel, I want your take on Best Buy as a long-term dividend investment. Best Buy looks like it's a survivor. It's a survivor of the Amazon big box wars. Okay. I think they're going to be a survivor. Uh, so, was it BBB? Is that BBY? Why? Uh, yeah, BBY. Operates uh, 1,159 consumer electronics stores in the U.S. with plans to, uh, to open limited number in 2000-2021. Sales growth has been pretty good at 20% plus the last two quarters. 
they're at $110 a share. They're going to make $9.36 next year after making $9.80 this year. So the sales, you know, is probably going to slow down. You can see that in the chart that's gone sideways for the last two or three months, maybe four. Um, but, the, but, you know, at $110, make $9.36. So you're talking about what? Uh, 12 PE? And the range is 8 to 20, so it's fairly good. 52% return on equities, which is very good. 2.5% dividend, which is very good. So they're battling Amazon, and they seem to be one of the survivors. Notice I didn't say the thrivers necessarily, but survivors. Um, But don't expect a lot from it because of the severe competition that they're facing. Okay, and that's Best Buy, B-B-B-B-B-Y, two B's and a Y, B-B-Y. Okay, uh, let's see, here's another one of those iTunes from Bruce in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I have a question about JBL. I currently hold a position of about 2.5% of my portfolio, and the company has done well for me, and I am looking to possibly add more, looking at the financials and the details of the company. It looks like a strong long-term hold. Should I add? Well, let's look at that company. Symbol is um, 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 JBL. JBL. Okay, Jabel Inc., contract manufacturer of electronics for aerospace, automotive, computing, consumer, and medical industries. It's a $9 billion company. Sales growth has been nice the last couple of quarters. Um uh, it probably averages about 10% over long-term sales growth. It's going to make $5.99 next year. It's a $62 stock. So you're looking at, what, 11.5 PE, and the range is 6 to 19. Return equity is 24%. Cash flow is $7.99. It's also very cyclical, meaning it does really good in a recovering economy, right? But not so good in a recession, a little tank, very cyclical. Uh, doesn't pay much of dividend. So you're really looking at this as a value play. And, you know, I think it is a pretty good value, but it's had a very strong move like many companies. And this one just seems to continue to march up. I'd probably wait for a pullback. Um, but it certainly looks like it's right up against resistance trying to break through. If it breaks through, you just got to buy it and see where it takes you. And breakthrough is like, within a dollar or two, where it is now. So it's right there. But it's had a long move. I, you, know, I, you know, I would really, really would like a pullback. And that leads me to one of my points I was going to make today. Morgan Stanley, their uh, investment committee, sent out a note to all their clients saying that they should expect 10, a 10 to 15% correction correction this year. So that's what they're telling their, their, their clients. Now, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, these people are supposed to be the smart people on the street, but I want you to know, back in 1999, every one of these people were wrong, big time wrong about the dot-com. They were all telling everybody, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye, and it all collapsed. So don't think that they're always right. They're not. They're often wrong. Now, just because I think we're due for a correction, and 
I would like to see a 10% correction. I don't try to predict it. It just looks like it should come, but I don't know. It, no one really knows. They don't know. No one knows. We just, you know, we base it on history, and history does not have to repeat itself. You know, and many times if it does repeat itself, it doesn't repeat itself in the same way. So I'm just reporting what they've said. Okay. Let's go to Daniel in Palo Alto. How you doing, Daniel? Hi, Steve. Doing great. Great to listen to your show religiously here on 1220 every day. Um, Thank wanted you. to ask you about a, um, a sector, of the sportswear sector, specifically stock symbol ASO, Academy yeah. Sports. I know they're reporting tomorrow. I just wondered what you thought. I was going to, I already own some, was thinking it's done pretty well, was thinking about adding before they report. Okay, let's take a look. Operates 259 stores across 16 contiguous states, primarily in the southern United States. Okay, it's called Academy Sports and Outdoor. It's a $3.9 billion company. They're going to make $4.47. Next year, after four sixty-seven, this year it's a forty-three dollar stock. So the PE is what nine going forward? Nine. The five-year range is four to eight, so it's going to be above its PE range. I don't know how reliable that range is since the IPO came out in you know not that in two thousand twenty, late like September or so, maybe November two thousand twenty. It was IPO'd. So it's a fairly new company. That always makes me nervous, you know, because, but it looks like the company is really solid. Return equity is 37%. Cash flow is $5.44. Management owns 2%. Uh, sales growth is was 39% the most recent quarter. Before that was 17. Before that, 18. Before that was 30. COVID quarters were, it still grew. 6, 2, and 8% in those COVID quarters. So... I, it looks like a pretty good growth stock to me that's not too expensive. Okay, They don't have much debt even. So it looks like a solid company. Just don't over uh, overbuy. In other words, don't put too much in your portfolio. Uh, if you already have 5% of your portfolio in this stock, I wouldn't add to it. If you had 3%, you could go to 5 You know, uh, but, you know. It's just a fairly new company, uh, uh, at least public company. Not been new. It's not a new company. It's been around a while, but public company is fairly new. Okay, on uh, almost every podcast, I talk a little bit about our our company, KPP Financial. Give you a little information. We're in Irvine, California. That's between uh, uh, LA and San Diego and Orange County. So that's where we are. Um, we have a, I mean, have a philosophy that's a little bit different than a lot of people. Some people do. Some of the registered investment advisors are, I see, starting to do this, but I don't know why they all don't do it. And that is, we we practice what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy the same stocks for you as we do for ourselves, same price, same percentage, same day, and we do the same thing on the sell side. We sell them the same price, same day as you. In each one of our different programs, we have, what, five basic different programs from very risky to hardly risky at all. So it depends on where you want to be and your risk tolerance, how much risk do you want to take. We'll, we'll find a re- area that suits you. 
We'll take a look at your portfolio for free. Give us give you our opinion on it. Try to figure out what your risk tolerance is and tell you if you're matching up with your portfolio. We have tools to help us with this, and we've been happy to use them and implement them for free for you. You don't have to become a client. You really don't. I mean, I say that, but you really don't. And we'll do it. We'll help you. We, we, I like helping people. I'm at that stage in life where that's what I do. I help people. I try to help as much as I can, and I enjoy it. So give us a call. Call us. Go to investtalk.com. Send me an email. Call our Irvine office. However you want to get in touch, in touch with us. Okay? Um, creating streams of income. Okay, 7.8% of Americans work more than one job. What's really an interesting statistic is people under 40, 4 in 10, have a side gig job. Okay, in other words, working in the gig economy. This is one way, I mean, you could obviously work yourself to death, and I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting you want to produce... Over time, different streams of income, especially as you know you're going to move to a retirement. Wouldn't it be nice to have a stream of income you, that you get without actually having to work for it? Streams of income. How can you get that? Well, if you have a million dollars, you're going to, and you invest it right, you'll have a stream of income, dividends, bonds, whatever, how you invest it, you'll have a stream of income. Social Security, a stream of income. You know, or your hobby. Maybe you have a hobby that produces income. My wife does. Loves doing it. Gives a nice stream of income for her. 888-99-CHART is our number. Give me a call. We have one little segment left. Summer's moving fast. And you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Jeffrey calling from El Paso, Texas. Can I get your thoughts on AirLease, ticker Alpha Lima, as a potential long-term hold? I've had it on my watch list for uh, almost a year now. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I'm interested in it because I don't have any exposure to the travel or commercial aviation space. And this seems like a diversified play in that sector with a a growing dividend. Thanks for all that you do. For some reason, I don't care for it. Air Lease Corporation, the symbol AL, provides leasing and fleet management of 236 narrow-body and 96 wide-body aircraft to 112 airlines. So they, they, they... lease the the aircraft to airlines but they had to buy them they have a huge debt 272 percent debt that's what i don't like i don't like that debt it looks like it's pretty reasonable price they're going to make three dollars and seven cents a share this year 493 next year and it's a 39 dollar stock so it's under 10 pe but the five-year range is two to 13 Return on equity is only 9%, and that should be much higher with the debt that they have. Return on equity should be good. But really, the main reason, the really reason I don't like it is the last four quarters sales have been shrinking. Why? Remember, we're past COVID. Shouldn't they be growing? Shouldn't 
why aren't they growing? You know, do the airlines don't need the least that airplanes from them? I, I, and to be honest, I'm never, ever keen on the airline business. There's two lines of businesses I try to stay away from because I don't like them. And one is automobile makers, and the other is airlines, or anything to do with airlines. just don't like those lines of business. I have specific reasons. If you ever want to know, I'll be happy to share it. I'm not trying to hide anything. It's just that it uh, might be my personal prejudice, which I may have raised that. It is my personal prejudice. Okay. Okay, uh, Amazon is testing in two Whole Foods stores. You know Amazon owns Whole Foods stores. They're testing in two Whole Foods stores, two Whole Foods stores this year, a system to check out that requires you not to check out. You just leave. You put the stuff in your basket, yeah, just leave. Okay? Now, what it does is you have to, you know, you have to have an app. And you have to register when you come in the store. You show, or you register with a palm print when you come in the store so they know who you are. Then you go around, shop, 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 and just leave. And they will, you know, they're obviously reading the barcodes and stuff. And uh, this, they're, they're testing this out. I have a feeling, have you noticed that more and more and more, it's either self-checking, uh, less and less cashiers, and this is the next step, I assume, and that is just walking out of store. So, of course, it's all about barcodes and reading all the barcodes all at once when you leave the store. And they got to read it through the baskets that you're using. They got to read it through any plastic that you have. You know, you put in plastic bags the items you want. And so it, I, it, the technology's there. Now the question is, is it practical? And that's why they're testing it this coming year, not this year, 2021, 2022, in two Whole Foods stores to see if it's, if it's practical. Interesting stuff going on out there. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's see, tomorrow's Thursday. We know we have a very little a very little economic reports coming out this week. We had a lot last week. This week, hardly any. We do have we did have the beige book come out. Remember what the beige book is? That's the report by the, the various districts of the Federal Reserve on their on the economic conditions in their districts. They bring that beige book out every they update it about every five weeks, sometimes six. So that came out today. Uh, and, and, you know, frankly, there's not much else. You know, we're going to have our weekly unemployment claims. But, you know, that comes out every week. But other stuff, I think we're having the PPI, Producer Price Index, comes out on Friday. Give us a little hint on inflation on the producer level. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investile program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. To give you an idea on the scope of our Investoc audience, uh, I've been mentioning we are in all 50 states, of course, and um, about 50 countries around the world that we know of. Could be more. You can get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to review us and rate us on iTunes if you download there. Each positive rating raises our profile. We like that. If it's not positive, yeah, it's up to you. You don't have to be positive, but we would like you to be. But we don't have to be if you don't think it is. 
independent thinking and shared success, this is a mess talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.